It's not all roses. Mm -hmm. The end result will be amazing. We have faith that God's going to push us through. We're going to make money doing it. But I want to make sure everybody's clear that you have to make sure you buy correctly. You have to make sure that you save correctly so that when things do happen, you're prepared. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from PatriceWashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. This is officially episode 101. I am still in awe that we've made it 100 episodes. If you're an OG listener or purpose chaser, I owe that to you. Thank you so much for your continued support week after week, for your binge listening. It's funny, although we have over 800,000 downloads, we have, I think, well over like 1.2 million plays because so many of you listen to the same episodes over and over and over again. And if you've been binging, then I know you probably heard last summer an episode I did about the blessing of downsizing with my husband. And that episode was exactly a year ago. So I thought it would be really cool to give you an update because at that time we were in the midst of the downsize, figuring it out. And I knew that there was something special there. And my heart for this community has always been that I not just talk to you from some type of mountaintop experience, but that we're on a journey together. We're doing this together. And so it was real time when I was sharing the struggles of going through a downsize, even though we knew there was good in it. And so many of you reached out back then and continue to reach out every time, you know, someone binges and hears it. I, I get a DM or I get a message saying, man, this is where I am. This is where I'm going through. So I thought it would be cool to do an update. So first, let me say, if you are brand new to Redefining Wealth, a big, big welcome hug to you. Here's what you should know about us. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. Money is just one small part. The truth is wealth is all about well-being. And so we talk about well-being from several different angles. We talk about wealth from several different angles with the hope that as you find fulfillment in all of these areas of life, it helps you avoid the traps and the pitfalls that people fall into with their money because it's never just the paper. It's not the bank account balance. It's you. And there's something going on at the root and we have to find it. And we have to pluck it up and plant something new. And so that's what Redefining Wealth does for so many people all over the globe every single day. And so before I bring my husband on to help me with this, I want to just kind of give you a summary of what we talked about last time, if you hadn't heard that episode. And so the main thing was that we were in the midst of a downsize. So we went from a home in Southern California that was over 6,000 square feet. And we looked up and recognized at one point that there were so many things that we wanted to do personally and professionally. And that between just my husband and I and my daughter, when you really think about a home that size, we were not occupying not even half of it. We found ourselves all the time cuddling and snuggling up on the same sectional, going to the same rooms, using the same bathrooms. And there was so much that we were paying to clean and to keep up and to maintain and it just seemed like such a waste when we knew that there were other things that we were being called to do. 
And so we went through a voluntary downsize and our goal was to cut our expenses by 60% and then reinvest that money into things that mattered to us. And there were so many lessons that we got in the midst of it because although we knew it was the right thing to do logically, we didn't realize until we started to move into our apartment, which was a third of the size, we knew we were committing to even do that for a year. But once it came down to actually packing up and moving, we were all, all three of us were feeling a lot of different things uh, emotionally and physically in our bodies. And my husband ended up giving me this like word one night. He's like, you know, babe, this is more than decluttering. We're detoxing. And that was a light bulb. Like, wait a minute, we're detoxing. And he talked about how detoxing can be so uncomfortable, but you stick with it because there's there's a why, right? There's a goal at the end, but when you're in the midst of it, it doesn't feel good. It can be painful. It can be uncomfortable. And so we talked about how that was a season of pruning and eliminating dead things, removing the things from you that no longer serve you. And how pruning, there's a, there's a reason, there's a purpose, there's a process to it, right? Trimming and cutting back the dead things, but there is a purpose and the purpose is to help you grow and help you grow stronger. And so that's what we did. We went through this kind of voluntary pruning and the last 12 months have been painful in the pruning process but also so purposeful. And now we truly feel like we're at a place of peace. So I have officially, I shared with you the other day that I was in an empty room. I was living out of hotels, first of all. So I wasn't too happy (laughs) with the quality of the podcast recordings. But as I teach my students in Purpose to Platform, look, progress beats perfection. So I wasn't gonna just, you know, abandon the podcast for a month while my life was in transition. I just did the best that I could, but I was sharing that now that uh, I made it back to my little setup that the first time I recorded in this house, it was empty. So the echo was real, but I've officially moved cross country from Pasadena, California, uh, out to Atlanta, Georgia, back to Atlanta, Georgia, where I've lived before. And there has been so much that took place in the last 12 months. So before I bring Gerald up to kind of help me talk about the process and the lessons learned, here's what happened when we made the decision to downsize in order to maximize our lives personally and professionally. Now, what's happened in kind of our family business is that when we stopped paying all that money for just the three of us to live, we were able to shift our resources and invest in purchasing two apartment buildings, a 20 unit and a 27 unit here in Georgia. We started a transportation company and bought our first 18 wheeler. Lots of lessons in that. If you own any trucks, you know what I'm talking about. We'll get into that. We bought our home in a wonderful neighborhood. We've had such great response from the neighbors and really met amazing people. We're four minutes away from our new church, nine minutes away from Reagan's new school. Like we couldn't, eight minutes away from the gym. Like we literally could not have chosen a better place. Shout out to Egypt Sherrod, who actually was our realtor in Atlanta. And so funny, 
This conversation started during my episode with Egypt Sherrod, uh, and it was about simplicity breeds success, I believe, or simplicity drives success. And Egypt Sherrod, who you may know from HGTV, uh, she's done a lot in just the home ownership space in general and renovation. And uh, Egypt started that conversation. We were talking about simplifying. And I was telling her during that episode, October 2017, we were thinking about downsizing. And then fast forward to the summer of 2018, we did the downsize. And now fast forward to the summer of 2019, Egypt was actually our realtor. So I just love that full circle. Um, And she was so professional. If you've ever seen Egypt on television, on HGTV, and she does property virgins, so first-time homebuyers. We're not first-time homebuyers, but every time she called to give us an update, we felt like we were on the show. Because Egypt is so professional, but that TV voice is not TV voice. That is truly her voice. And she would just crack me up. Um, But shout out to Egypt. She's incredible. If you're in the Atlanta area, she could be your girl. She's definitely the girl. She was outstanding. I wish I could go into that more. But anyway, and we brought on new team members for my business. I also was able to launch Mastery and Momentum which is now such a huge part of my business. It's a 12-month holistic mastermind for women. I launched Purpose to Platform, which is a 12-week, essentially business accelerator. And I launched the Purpose Chasers community. You know, we're getting near to the million download mark. Gerald finished his book, Don't Just Start a Business, Build an Empire. Like there has been so much, and that's just the high-level stuff. There have been so many things that happen. And we truly believe that those things could not have been birthed if we were allowing ourselves to hold on to dead weight. If we kept allowing ourselves to hold on to things that look good from the outside, that look good to other people, but ignoring what felt right in our own spirit, what felt right in our bones, what we knew we were being called to do, then we would not be in this place of peace. We say every day, it's crazy, but... We say it, at least one of us will say it. Man, this is so peaceful. This feels so good. This is, and but let me tell you, you know from my episode, greatness requires you to expect resistance, that the road to get here was not easy. Every transaction and everything I just said we launched did not come effortlessly. It did not come <laughs> with the peace that you might hope or expect. It came with work. There was definitely some painful moments. There were definitely some things that Joe and I will talk about that were just not comfortable. And so I wanted to share that though in real time, because again, you don't always hear the backstory. You don't always hear the rationale and you don't always hear the the bad and the ugly. We love to talk about the good, but not the bad and the ugly. So yes, a year later, we're in a good place, but I want to share with you the lessons, the bad, the good, the ugly that came with the blessing of downsizing. So without further ado, and if you heard that episode, you know, he doesn't know how to behave, but so get ready. (laughs) But without further ado, here's my husband, my honey, my best friend. Here's Gerald to help us talk about the blessing of downsizing. Okay. Last time you guys asked me why 
his part was not that long. Yeah, three minutes. <laughs> it was not three minutes. It was longer than three minutes because this is what he did. He he made me laugh the entire time, and I was having a very serious conversation about the blessing of downsizing. So I invited Gerald back to give an update on the blessing of downsizing and what we learned from that point, which was July 2018, when we recorded that episode and put it out there. Now it's July 2019, and a lot has happened in 12 months. So I've given high level about the things that we've accomplished. So, you know, the apartment building, starting the transportation company, completing your book, launching Mastery and Momentum Mastermind and Purpose to Platform and you know, all the good stuff bought our home that we're now settling into and all that stuff. So a lot of good things have happened. But like we said last year, in in order to maximize, you will have to downsize. And that doesn't always feel good. And so while we could talk about all the great things that happen, I think we would do a disservice to not share just some of the journey because it wasn't all roses. Correct. So... I would love to just start with, you know, what has this last 12 months been like for you going from the house to moving into that apartment for a year and just everything in between? For me, this year um, has been a, a learning process and a learning process that didn't require books because these experiences, these situations and circumstances and unforeseen scenarios have taught me more than I think any book could have taught me. Mm. And I pray that these lessons become a full college degree for my daughter. Wow. So that I can do what we've talked about and create a journal alongside, have conversations, so that what I've went through now becomes an obstacle they don't have to face. Mm-hmm. So the conversations and for, for this year, for me, you know, we started this year with the word release. Yeah. And without even knowing that, a lot of releasing happened. I probably took about 365 pill number sixes <laughs> and began to release things and people that I didn't foresee. Mm-hmm. Relationships and conversations and uh, material things that... I didn't consider as extra or too much or waste that hurt the most to let it go. But what I am a witness of now is that after letting it go, I'm in such a great peace, such a great solitude and able to establish and build the amazing future we have on that. Yeah. Um, Talk about like the process of releasing though. So you said... For, for those of you who don't realize this, the first episode, Gerald talked about pill number six. And he talked about, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't just decluttering. We were also detoxing. Yeah. And that's a part of why I felt so painful at times. And for the detox that we used to take, shout out to D-Herbs, pill number six was the, the one. Like it was a full mm-hmm. body cleanse. But pill number six was, you know what I'm saying, the one that really made you go to the bathroom and do do everything. And so this year has been a lot of pill number sixes. I think people would love to know, though. So if you make the decision to simplify, if you make the decision, which last word last year, our word was simplicity. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up 
not even realizing that we were going into that season, you know, at an accelerated pace, but we did. And so then let's say you choose to release and then it's painful. Like, how do you really get through that process? You know, the, the short answer that I want to say is, is through faith, right? But the long and rough answer is that faith is not enough. Um, it is a thing that we stand on. But I won't be the first one to say that in those hard times, that faith becomes very weak. Mm. When you go from 7,000 square foot house to our apartment, mm. to a hotel room for 30 days, to moving into a home, and all the trials and tribulations that happen between that, and, and people taking advantage of you from our movers, and you know, you see these up and down conversations that happen, and, and you want to stand on your faith. Mm-hmm. But we had to lean on each other. Yeah. Because as much as I want to lean on God, I'm, I'm the first one to say that I need somebody physical that I can talk to, communicate with, they can understand, and you were that for me. We were able to look at each other, buckle down, and say, okay, this is just a season. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. this is a distraction. I found oh, I found yeah. us saying That's that a lot. Because that episode I did about greatness requires you to expect resistance. Yeah. And, you know... Now that we're here in this place, I understand why there was so much resistance. Mm. I knew to kind of expect some, but to to some of what Gerald alluded to. So there's a lot that happened. So we got out of our apartment at the end of our lease. Right. But there was still and we bought our home, but there was still 30 days where Reagan needed to finish school. And so we stayed in a hotel and we were like, I'm, you know, I was traveling a lot. So really it wouldn't always be all three of us, but we stayed in like this um, kind of apartment style mm-hmm. hotel, uh, not that far away from her school, but further away than we were used to being. And man, does that close <laughs> in on you? <laughs> You find out how much you love each other real quick. (laughs) Man, does that close in on you? We will be standing in the same place and saying, get out of my bedroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm Reagan will be like, I'm in the living room. Like, I'm not bothering (laughs) you, right? But, like, literally be a foot away. Yeah, we learned a lot in that season. But then moving into dealing with these movers, let me tell you guys. I literally almost gave up this whole Money Maven thing. And I was considering being like America's moving advocate because the way these movers took advantage of us, literally by the time it was all said and done, we paid three times the amount that was quoted to us when we were very clear and meticulous about everything that should be included in our move. And they do it when they have your stuff. So now you already picked my things up. Right. You have my things as your storage and now you want to up your fee and up the numbers. And that wasn't what we, what we agreed upon, but you have my things. And now I'm headed across country and my things are in California. And you can think you can do me any kind of way. But again, at a later date, I will become gangster Gerald. And we'll figure that part out. Because <laughs> I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm still low hood. My wife's not. <laughs> I'll send a very thorough email. Hell no, I'm going up there. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he gets censored. No. <laughs> So, yeah, there was so much even in that process. And we say it and we laugh now, but my heart really hurt as I started to really do more research because I hadn't really faced this before. And because our things were literally being held hostage, it felt like, you know, I started to research and realized how many people lose their belongings at the hands of these 
just awful people, these awful, and I know all companies are not the same, but there are a lot of, you know, folks that are running around out there with moving companies that are completely going unchecked and they are taking advantage of people. And I saw story after story where someone had lost all their family possessions and, you know, their heirlooms and different things because someone quoted them one number. And then once they got their stuff, double, triple, quadruple the number and then held folks stuff hostage and then ended up selling it out of a storage unit. And it's just really not cool. So, I mean, you talk about, and I think that's why we have to share, right? Because yeah. people feel like it's just them. No, it happened to us. We paid three times more than we should have for our move or more than was quoted. Um, and what a process. And then by the time our things got here, I mean, it was it was just it was a serious situation. Well, and on top of that, you know, we have a trucking company and drivers are essential to our trucking business. Oh. And one of our drivers turned out to be an idiot, a charlatan. And so now you have a truck payment and an insurance payment and a trailer payment and taxes and fees on a separate business that now start to weigh into the finances of a move and it start to weigh into my wife's business. And, you know, those things start to trickle down. It's like, man. You know, we're fortunate that we learn to save, but I'm watching my savings account just dwindle. And I'm like, wait a minute, God, mm-hmm. this is where the faith gets trying because I'm doing the right thing. I interview, we hire, we treat people well, and people are still people, Yeah, you know, and it affects you and your outcome on life because all men aren't created equal because right. some are idiots. Just had to say that again. But as that, as it started to happen, you start to realize, okay, wait a minute. These apartment complexes and these workers don't want to come to work on time. And, you know, so, you know, we, we talk about all the amazing things that we have these skill sets to push through and to we make strong investments and and push things forward uh-huh. in, in all of our ventures. But but I want to make sure that we're the first ones to be honest with you, too. It's not all roses. Uh-huh. The end result will be amazing. We have faith that God's going to push us through. And we're going to make money doing it. But I want to make sure everybody's clear that you have to make sure you buy correctly. You have to make sure that you save correctly so that when things do happen, you're prepared. And, and fortunate for us, we are like a lot of the stories my wife read about the movie companies. We're fortunate that we had a little extra to, to be able to put it away and do what we have to do. But those families that don't, yeah. man. Yeah, it makes you feel for them. To your point, though, it is really frustrating when you feel like you are being obedient. Mm. So nothing that we did... Did we not pray about, plan about, like talk about first? Like it wasn't all like, I'm going to jump up and do X, Y, or Z. They were a bit more thought out, I feel like. Well, some of it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to just do this. There was definitely parts of this that were very spirit-led, let's say, or or even ego-driven. I 100% agree with that. But I still feel like there was a level of obedience that came into play for several pieces of it on who to hire on, you know, like you said, setting up systems or treating people fairly, treating people the right way or what we deem to be the right way. We try to be fair and still not getting the end result. And I think that or the result that you wanted. Mm -hmm. And had we not done the downsize, Mm -hmm. this whole year could have killed us because the downsize allowed us to cut our expenses by 60%, which gave us the additional cash to float things during these seasons where people were being people, right? right? So 
now that we're in this space and we bought the lovely home and, you know, there's all these great things that are kind of back on the horizon and building up, you realize, at least that's what I'm starting to see just having this conversation that the obedience to downsize happened on the front end in preparation for what would happen in the middle. And that's exactly where faith comes in, is that when you continue to do the work and stay focused on that, even in the hard times, you realize that God is is preparing you for what you don't know is coming. Mm -hmm. So to your point, the obedience of shifting our finances and downsizing by 60%, we had no idea. We knew it was the right thing to do based on principles and things of that nature, but had no idea the impact it would have later on down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we thought it was just, okay, so it allows us to buy this or start mm-hmm. this business mm-hmm. or save up to put a significant down payment down or like we thought it was that. We didn't realize that it was going to be, no, you're going to have to carry some things in the midst of, you know, the schedule to get the apartment buildings rehabbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had the right heart right. <laughs> and you had the right idea that you, you know, but along the way, you're going to meet folks that don't necessarily and so had we not downsized and still been trying to like hold on to what we felt like people's perception Mm. you know of us should be i'm the money maven you're the empire builder so at all times do we need to have all the cars and the big house and this and that and i used to always tell people before that if you care too much about what people think about you or what you have or whatever you'll always be broke And I could see in this season, if we cared more about what people's perception was of our downsize or our even thought process around downsizing, and we would have held on to things longer than we needed to, it would have killed us. And I want you to stay right there for a second, because that was so much of my life for so long, depending on the image that I could portray, the conversation that could be had. I love nice things and and we've acquired them. and It's amazing. However, the reason why you buy them, the reason why you stay in certain situations, the reason why you keep certain people around. Mm-hmm. Listen to a sermon a week ago, and, and the example was, if you're very, very thirsty, and I put a glass of water on the table, and I, and I drop some poison in it, just two drops, and you're extremely thirsty, would you still drink it? No matter how thirsty you are, would you still drink it? No, you wouldn't because it's poison. But we keep things in our lives or people in our lives or situations in our lives that are poison. Now, I get it, we're thirsty. But it's going to kill you, mm-hmm. to your point. Mm-hmm. That glass of water will kill you. These people in your lives that are poison, they're killing you. Your attachment to things and stuff because of your impression of someone else's impression will kill you. And here's the truth. My wife told me this a long time ago. Who gives a damn, one? And two, the people really probably don't even care. Mm-hmm. Right? Most people. Yeah. You know, And you're doing it because of your impression of their impression, which is nine times out of ten, not reality. Right. And the thing is, if they do care, then they're not. They're not genuine people. There you go. They're not even genuine people. Like, we just met some folks recently. We moved into a new neighborhood, of course, and we met some folks recently. And I said hello to a woman. And the first thing that she said to me was, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Not, not I back. She said, what do you do? And I was stunned. So I said, how do I do? <laughs> so like, fixed. How am I? Right. Because I was stunned that that would even be how someone would start a conversation. And to me, that instantly said that, you know, she only really cares about, obviously, what I do or how I got into this neighborhood or, 
you know, she's trying to determine if I'm going to be worthy enough based on what I do. And I don't even want to be in relationship with anyone like that. So if people are only going to stick around because they can be seen with you because you drive a certain car or they stick around because they think it's cool to say, oh, I was hanging at so-and-so's house and they live over in this neighborhood or they think that every time you go out, you're going to get the bill mm. or I got the door, mm-hmm. the door charge mm-hmm. or any of these things. Like, I don't want to be in relationship with someone like that. That's not give and receive. You're a taker. And why even I know it can be difficult, but why even second guess releasing a taker? And, I, and I'm going to give you guys a homework assignment is to take a moment. And all those people on your phone or those conversations you've had that have challenged you with people, take a week and don't reach out to them. Matter of fact, make it two weeks. You don't reach out. All those people who don't reach out to you, they're poison. That's been my impression. Mm-hmm. They're not needed. Now, I'm talking about real relationships. I had to release relationships in my life. And what I started to realize is that I was the only one reaching out. I was the only one making the phone call. And when I stopped making the phone call, the phone call didn't come my way. One week, two weeks, three weeks. Well, damn it, I was the only one in a relationship. Yeah, you were in a relationship by yourself. I was in a relationship by myself. And I was trying to preserve something that didn't really exist. Nor was it nurturing my life when I I really looked at it. Because I wasn't getting anything back. And it was good for a season. It was, but I was the one paying at the table, paying at the door, buying everything. Mm-hmm. And when you start to evaluate those situations, like, wait a minute. In the last year, how many meals has this fool bought me? Mm. How many times you picked the check up? How many times you picked them up from my house in your nice car? Oh, wait, you don't have one. Oh, Lord. Right? So those things for me became toxic, not because of the things, but because of the correlation in the relationship. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough give and take. A lot of taking, not not a lot of giving and receiving, but that relationship served you in a season Absolutely. prior to this one. And so what happens is we like to romanticize relationships based on what they used to be and not assess them based on what they currently are. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So we go, oh, but this person was here for me when I went through X, Y and Z. That is wonderful. But if they're not here for you currently and they continue to not show up and they continue to take because some people will hold you hostage to what they did for you in that season and feel like they can milk it for the rest of your life. That's good. And so what downsizing does and what coming off all the extra stuff does, it is it really allows you to see who's genuine about the support, about the friendship, about staying in relationship for seasons to come. And and one of the things we said in the last episode is that we had to release people, but we talked about, you know, our driver and we talked about our house manager and how they kind of started to act up. I don't, at that time of that recording, you, you really didn't know that it was going to continue no. in terms of the release of people. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a real thing. Like that's a real part of this thing. So releasing people definitely happen. Um, releasing our beliefs around what people could think or say or whatever. And were there any other beliefs that you released during the last year? I, I think you've covered the beliefs. What I did realize is that I also needed to tighten it 
surroundings to bond my family even more. As my mm. daughter transitions into another phase of her life, as my wife transitions, as I transition, that tight-knit space that God created for us created a different form of friendship. In the hotel? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but but the truth is, I spend so much time with Reagan at the pool or outside of the room or just finding things to keep us entertained to not get us frustrated with each other. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. You know what really... It happened for me is one time I was doing an enrollment call with a potential client and it was running over and Gerald happened to walk up. We were in the lobby of a hotel. He happened to walk up and I was like, can you take my next call? And because we had been in such close proximity, he was starting to like really pay more attention to what it is I actually do in different parts of the business. And since has made the shift to like, come into the business more and support, which for me has been phenomenal and something that I wanted for a long time. But I think to the point of being so distracted and being so like our offices in our old home were so far apart. They were the furthest rooms apart from each other, right? That it just didn't create the space to do that. And now that we're back in a big house and our offices are far apart again, we still have this like, a connection and your support has been incredible. There are women who are only enrolled in Purpose to Platform because they had a conversation with you. Get your breakthrough call with your boy. <laughs> change your life. I promise you that. I'm a monster. Wait, first of all, <laughs> this is again, this is why <laughs> that we have to bring him on in doses. No, but he he is phenomenal, but never thought of himself as a coach. He's a businessman. He's a right. negotiator. Right. He's you know, done big things with amazing talent. And that was that was awesome. But the thought of him being able to contribute some of that to what I do and really help women get to the root of what's holding them back with how to use their God-given gifts and create businesses and all this stuff. And I found that you guys would tell him more stuff than... They were telling me on calls or telling one of the other coaches as the only male right now on the team. You were getting like so much deeper in terms of, you know, the conversation and results. And so I think one of the big shifts that I had was that we can work together again intimately. So Gerald and I started a real estate and mortgage company together, 21, 22 years old um, and ran that successfully. But when the recession hit, we had this idea that we could never work together again because all of our eggs would be in one basket. And so when we lost everything, a part of our pact, do you remember this was, okay, well, you, I'll go do whatever I do and you go do whatever you do so that if anything ever falls, we're not in the same industry or we're not in the same thing. And so we lived that way for like seven years, seven, eight years. And now there's still the real estate and the transportation company that he handles more. But just to see you back in, like, you know, see us back in business together, you know, that challenged the belief for me that we had to stay separate because mm-hmm. we're better together. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. And and things are moving at such a rapid pace that I think God is fully blessing our um, obedience to releasing and being faithful and being good stewards, not overall only over our finances, but over ourselves. Because I think a part of that is 
being a good steward over relationships and your mind, your body, and your spirit is what is creating the opportunity for us to to work together because there's a no to everything that was in the way prior to for me, mm. which which gave a, a yes to me having the right spirit and energy to now be in business again with you because that, there's there's a process. Everything that existed for me and the relationships and the people clouded the conversation about how pure and and open I needed to be in your space. It's a different space you created for yourself and your community and your followers and the women that love you that I was a part of in entertainment or anything else. Mm-hmm. And so the clearing and releasing of that, now I can be present and I can see the true work that's being done and the essence of it. So I'm glad to be a part. That was beautiful. It was humbling and I appreciate being able to say it. <laughs> I appreciate it. She's only going to use three minutes, so hopefully that part makes um, it. I'm going to use all of it, and that means a lot to me. It means a lot that you get to really see the the depth of what I actually do and how we really do change lives. Like, this is bigger than just a podcast or a coaching business or any of that. Like, it's truly a ministry, and I really do adore the women that I work with closely. I adore my audience in general, but you know what I mean? Like, you can tell that I'd be all in. I'm like all in for them. No, and 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 this this works, you know, and a guy who came from the outside, if you will, in just my life, in my journey in life, to be able to be present and completely present in a space of transformation and to be a believer in the efforts and see the reactions and the outcomes and the... And the transformation in other people is amazing for me. And it's a genuine process. It's a genuine situation. And I'm, again, you're a beast. Thank you. So there's a lot that's happened in the last 12 months. And we still do believe that downsizing was a blessing. And we're still, I Down, kept saying. Downsizing was life-changing. Downsizing was life-changing. It was. It truly has brought our whole family together for the better in a lot of different ways. So I know last time when this episode came out, there were so many people who said, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing. You know, you give me the courage or you gave me the permission to do the same thing. I would love to hear your stories. I would love to hear how it's gone for you over the last 12 months, what lessons were learned. So make sure you share with me on social media, Seek Wisdom PCW, or share with us in the Purpose Chasers community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. But the thing I hope that you take away is that, you know, in order to walk into that next season that you're truly being called into, it may take releasing, it may take simplifying, it may take pruning, it may take downsizing in order to maximize and really be able to even sustain yourself for whatever is coming in that season that you have no idea is on the horizon. So I feel like the downsize was really much more strategic than we thought it was going to be because it was beyond money. It was a spiritual thing. It was an emotional thing. It was a a relational. There were so many different realms that almost came together in order to get to where we are right now. And even though there's still boxes around a few and we're still getting work done and changing balusters and banisters and doing, you know, little home improvement projects for the next year, probably the peace. This is a piece 
that I will not trade for the world. The peace that I see in my daughter and as a child going to middle school who's in a season of transition and still handling it like a champ. And the peace that I see on Gerald and his lake house, he has renamed the screened in porch his lake house. And he looks so peaceful out there, like hanging out and doing his thing. The peace that I feel in really every inch of this home, it feels like a home. And it. the funny thing is, and it's a home that had actually been on the market for a year. So this house originally went on the market during the start, the genesis of our downsize. And it waited for us. Wow. Wow. It waited for us. And when we walked in, we looked at each other after seeing like 10 homes, making an offer on a different home, getting that offer accepted, and then walked into this space and looked around. And we literally just looked at each other like, this is it. And it's not because it was perfect, because there's work we want to do, but we felt a peace that really does transcend all understanding. And so my wish and my prayer and my hope for you is that no matter what you're going through in your season of downsize, that on the other side of that, if you stay obedient and you stay faithful and you stay committed and you manage whatever resistance comes up and you acknowledge that it's a distraction and there's greater on the other side, that should you stay committed, that you also find peace on the other side. So with that being said, I want to thank Gerald for contributing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs>